Okay. Um, next up, Bill Griffin will be giving our prayer. Bill? Oh, good, you're here. I thought I'd <laughs> I didn't know I had a choice. Yeah. Uh, if I had been thinking, I would have uh, gotten my wife to deliver the prayer from France this morning via Zoom, but I wasn't thinking. So here I am. Yeah, she and my daughter are traveling with my granddaughter. And, uh, they're supposed to be in Bayonne today. I don't I have thought of it, so we'll see. Um, when the disciples asked Jesus about how they should pray, he first told them how not to pray. He said, don't pray like those guys. And then he said this, <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. This is verse 8. Um, do not be like them, the folks he was talking about. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, <clears throat> our father, you are our holy God. We take comfort in the knowledge that you know our needs, you know our concerns, and we know that your love for us will allow us to, to take that comfort. We're thankful for all the many blessings that you bestow upon us. <clears throat> Father, we ask that you fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we may know your will for us and for our lives, and forgive us when we fail to do what you would have us do. Father, we love you. We give you praise, honor, and glory. We offer this prayer in the name of your son, Christ, who suffered and died for us, yet lives today. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Bill. Uh, great prayer. Next up is uh, Cheryl Rogers to do our today's presentation. Um, she's going to be introduced by her husband, Art, but I, I know a few things about her, but not a whole lot. One, Lynn Adcock mentioned that she's known uh, uh Cheryl here for over 40 years, I believe, when uh, Cheryl was 21 and joined RUMC as a musical, children's musical director. So um, the other thing I, I found out or I know is that Cheryl uh, was awarded the Dove Award, GMA Dove Award, which is an accolade by the Gospel Music Association of the U.S. to recognize outstanding achievement in the Christian music industry. The awards are presented annually. Um, the Devil Awards took place in Atlanta in 2011 and 12, but are now out of Nashville. So with no further ado, uh, Cheryl, we're all pretty excited. Uh, you know, we got confused with the rearrangement of the class, but it's all for a good reason. So, yeah. You know, this up here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad y'all could use it to put your coffee on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Art, well, Art, Art, you're, come on up. You're, you're, I, I, I almost skipped you, didn't yeah, I? That's all right. Yeah, he doesn't I, have much to say. I saw that, I saw that frown on your face. <laughs> you know, the story is, uh, well, Cheryl and I, would, I followed her up um, when Malone brought her up here to Roswell. We were married in 1982 here. So we've had some 40 years we just celebrated. 
Um, what was? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So, uh, keep going. That's good. This is what I get at home all the time. Okay. She calls me Al Most because I almost get things right. Okay. That's who I am. Right. That's who I am. But so let me tell you a little more about her. It's pretty exciting. She um, she's been in the recording business really her whole life, starting with her father back in the house you know, when she was a kid. But anyway, um, she's a five-time Gospel Music Association Dove Award nominee, is a music producer, Grammy Award-winning, uh, also with Andre Crouch. Um, she won four Emmy Awards for various television music productions. Who helped you with that? You did. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, she's also produced a lot of commercials and different things, too, for radio. Uh, her music is played all over the world on radio, television, internet. Um, she's just very talented. And I got to tell you, she's really funny. And unfortunately, I've become the butt of all her jokes at home. <laughs> I've learned to live with it. It's good. That's it's all good. good. Okay. Anyway, without further ado, here she is. Sure. Okay. Once again, Al Most. Get, get things right. The wirelesses aren't working, so I've given her this. Okay, well, thanks. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is not going to fit in here, is it? Yes. Yes, it is. It's going to fit. Look at there. Hi, y'all. Hi. Before I um, get into the program, I look around and I see so many faces that I love. And this is my favorite class in the church. I just love all of y'all. And so many of you have been a part of my life um, for 40 years, like Lynn. I mean, it's just a beautiful thing to see your sweet faces this morning. And thank you for those of us who are online together. But this song just describes how I feel about you. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. Martha Jane back there. Wait, where's my podium? 
What about podium? Oh, right here. Where's my notes? Where's my, did you take my notes? I don't know. If you, if you don't have my notes, that's all right. I got them on my phone. Is that okay? Well, thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. I, I had to make a few changes. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this, this is a Sunday school class. Okay. <laughs> hey, um, Mike, there's three pages. Can I get the other two? <laughs> Oh, if you don't mind. Boy, y'all are picky on this Okay, okay. He was trying to get me through. Uh, well, before I kind of get into, this is not, I don't really speak, you know, so I'm not really a Sunday school teacher, but I do have some words that I think are be helpful for all of us today, but I do like to have a little bit of fun, as y'all know, if you know me. And I've decided to rename your class, if it's okay. Christians using clipboards. I've never seen as many clipboards. Christians using clipboards. I'm telling you, I'm Lynn must pass ten across. I like what y'all doing here. But um, as you know, uh, you heard I came to this church when I was about 21 years old, and I will be 62 next month. So that tells you how long we've been here. But I have really, I really loved getting to be in the back years of you know, y'all know, right? You know, and we use that word very uh, carefully, senior. And I came out seven years ago as a senior. And I actually am very, very proud to be a senior because I think that seniors have a lot to offer. I think we um, are in the best prime time of our lives to do things and to serve and to love and to care for each other. So I'm happy about it. Um, my motto is gray matters. And I think that's pretty good. Y'all like that? I think, I think great matters is good. But I tell you, I think society really wants us to be seniors sooner and sooner and sooner. And I have a theory about this, but you remember when it used to be 65, you were officially a senior. That's when the discounts kicked in and I was a senior, I was like 65. And then they moved it back to 60. And then 55 plus became this big deal. And now even 50 year olds are getting the mailers, right? So my theory is pretty soon they're just gonna give you your high school diploma and an AARP card. <laughs> just get her done. Yeah. So, but I do think they want us to be seniors earlier. Society does because they want to sell us things. It gives them a lot longer to sell us things. Oh, that's my aunt. Let's let that go to voicemail. She'll think that's funny. Um, anyway, they, they want to... Do y'all think Tom Selleck has a reverse mortgage? <laughs> I mean, really? And I don't really feel like picking out my casket and flowers today. I'm just not in the mood. And I still get emails three a week about walk-in bathtubs. I do. And it's like art, almost as I call him. He says, well, you might as well get that. That's the closest you're going to get to a swimming pool, honey. Okay, okay there. Uh, something new that I, I've been messing with, I, I love thinking of car names. Jay Leno used to do this. Do y'all remember that? He used to come up with car names. But I, I'm thinking about some car names for people our age. So what do y'all think about the Dodge Depender? <laughs> I'm thinking, put, you know, an impact, the Depends just pops up. So that's the, the Depender. Then you've got um, the Chevy Stint. Chrysler Coma. 
<laughs> their their byline could be we could put you in a coma for less than you think. The Ford confusion is a good one. Uh, well, the Plymouth prostate. We'll move right past that. And then there's the Mercedes no bins. So uh, I thought y'all might be entertained by, by a few car names. And well, while I'm changing back over here, uh, I think we seniors sometimes get a little bit concerned about numbers, especially on our ages. We look at those zeros and those 50s, and it's like, no, 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 no. So I have a little um, medley that I wrote for us to have a little fun with numbers this morning, okay? You learn your numbers as a child, and then you add them. You learn how to multiply them and divide. But as we age, we wish we could subtract them. So the age you are and age you want coincide, right? Oh, age is just a number, can you feel it? 91 is just 19 juxtaposed. But the more I live, the more I can't conceal it. So I guess my cracks and wrinkles are exposed. My age is doing a number on me. And my parts are up from under warranty. I'll just remember while the years I'm counting, my IRA's compounding. My age is doing a number on me. Yes, good job. Yeah. My age is doing a number on me, I tell y'all. All right, how many hoarders do we have in here? Thank you for going ahead and admitting it. I love that. Okay, let's back it up because the rest of y'all are a bunch of liars. No, I'm kidding. How many of y'all have more than 10 rolls of toilet paper in your house right now? Thank you. Okay, how about paper towels? Yeah, more than 10 rolls. Thank you. Y'all are hoarders too. Well, I'll join your group and here's a song for us. How many rolls of paper towels? How many packs of toilet paper? How many bottles of detergent do we really need? Are you going to eat 10 cans of green beans or use 20 boxes of saltines? Are we ever really going to run out of Velveeta cheese? We can't help it. We need more peanut butter. Yes, we do. To go with our 22 jars of jam. Well, we save so much, we buy some more. And who really cares? We've got memberships at Costco and Sam's mentioned to you that I, how much I think the gray matters. And I think if you look into the Bible, you will find that that sentiment really rings true. And you know why? Because the oldies but goodies in the Bible, most of them did their greatest achievements when they were in their golden years, right? So um, David Jeremiah is one of my favorites. I don't know whether y'all listen to David or not, but we listen to him just about every day. We do our devotion together. And I'd like to read something that he says about oldies but goodies in the Bible. He says, we can stay young at heart because Christians view the aging process differently from everyone else on earth. After all, how can you grow old if you're going to live forever? Our bodies may show signs of wear and tear, but we should remember the truth of 2 Corinthians 4.16. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just think of all that was accomplished by the following people in their older years in the Bible, Abraham and Sarah, 
raised their son in a promise. They were more than 100. Aaron and Hur, octogenarians, lifted up the arms of Moses and defeated the armies of Moab by their prayers. Moses battled Pharaoh and delivered Israel at age 80 and then ruled for 40 more years. In his retirement, Samuel devoted himself to a ministry of prayer and teaching. Daniel was well past 80 when he was thrown into the lion's den. Wow. wow. Zacharias and Elizabeth were senior saints before they were given the responsibility of raising the forerunner of the Messiah, John the Baptist, right? Simeon and Anna outlived almost all their peers, but they were still seen daily in the temple awaiting the Messiah. They even had the joy of announcing his long-awaited arrival in Jerusalem. The Apostle Paul referred to himself as Paul the Aged in Philemon 1.9, yet he was busier than ever writing leather, letters while he was even in prison for his faith. And of course, the Apostle John wrote his greatest masterpieces, his gospel epistles and book of Revelation in old age. So this should be some encouragement for you guys. And you know what? God used these people, not because they did great things. He used them because they were ordinary, because he knew that he could take somebody that was ordinary and do something special with them. And I think he still does that miracle today. Do you all think, agree with that? That it's ordinary. It's us. It's those of us that take the time to do something to show the love of Christ to others. Sometimes we're the only Jesus people see. We're it. And so if we think about that, then I think this song will ring true with you. It's one of my favorites. I've sung it for years, but it will inspire us as ordinary people to serve. Just ordinary Thank you. 
ordinary, but we become extraordinary with God in our lives and with his help. And the scripture lesson that um, Mike beautifully read earlier, I have another verse to add on to that, and I'd like to read it from the message version. This is Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, referring to these people we just spoke about that did all these things in their older age. It means we better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Okay, so moving into what I wanted to really talk to you about with the preface of talking about these people from the Bible and looking at the scripture is that there is such a thing called spiritual muscle memory. Does that make sense to you if you think about it? What is muscle memory? Yeah, it's doing something so many times that it becomes automatic. Even if your mind wanders for a second, your muscles take over and remember what to do. If any of you ever took piano lessons or um, flute lessons or any kind of music lessons, if you practiced enough, when you got under, uh, you know, when you got nervous, when it was time for the recital, most of the time, your fingers just kick in and they know where to go. And it, the same principle works with athletes. You know, when my daughter, our daughter was playing basketball, he'd say, the coach would say, do a hundred free throws a day, a hundred. And that seemed like a lot, but boy, when you stand at that free throw line and you do a hundred shots every day, your body kicks into how it felt when you made that shot and it went through. It makes sense to me that there is such a thing as muscle memory. In fact, when my dad uh, became uh, a memory care patient where he, he didn't remember, uh, us or much of anything, I could still push him over to the piano and his fingers would find those songs he used to play. And if you notice that if people are, are in, you know, have dementia or whatever, if they have been raised listening to hymns, they may not know who you are, what they're doing or where they are, but you put on Amazing Grace and they start singing. So that to me is a great example of spiritual muscle memory. Okay. So but what do you always have to know before you practice whatever it is over and over? What do you have to know? You have to know where to look. Think about it. What do you glue your eyes to? In sports, it's the ball. It's the backboard. It's that little place where the ball hits that you know where it's going to go in. You look at the keyboard. You're watching your fingers, how they move over those notes. In our faith to exercise our spiritual muscles, we have to keep our eyes fixed on Christ. So how do we exercise our spiritual muscles? Praying, listening for God's voice, reading scripture, serving, and nurturing godly relationships. Okay, sometimes God speaks to us when we're not speaking, we're listening. And that's how he communicates. But we know not to look to the world for help. The world, when I say the world, you know what I mean. Don't look to the world for help. Because if you do, what you're going to find is, an I world. Everything's I. And of course, I feel like our, our children, grandchildren, even great grandchildren are going to grow up with this selfie Instagram, what I had for dinner, what I'm doing. I have to be the perfect 
live the perfect life. I have to look like I'm perfect. And that's a hard thing to, to grow up uh, having to, to contradict that really when we're believers in Christ, Jesus lived in a you world. Everything he did from the time he was born and until the time he was crucified, dead, and resurrected was about someone else. And those someone else's are us. So the way we can respond to that incomparable self-sacrificial act of love is to show love to others. And this class is a great example of showing love to others. You know, you, you rarely see uh, the drive-up line out here with Roger and Gail Davis at, without seeing them right out there serving food. Every time I've ever been here during the pandemic and everything else, they were always out there. I mean, Nancy's, there's, I could name everybody in this class that serves. And I thought maybe this might be a little uh, a way to remember um, our spiritual shape. And this is a Rick Warren uh, lesson that, that he talks about. And it's easy to remember because it spells, what is that called, an acrostic? Where you go, S-H-A-P-E. So he, yes, he, so he says that our spiritual shape is determined by S, our spiritual gifts, right? We all know that we've got gifts. We have different gifts. The body of Christ is made up of different people. That's how we work together as a body, just like our heart, lungs, all those organs do different things. So do our spiritual gifts come and come together to form the body. That's the S. The H is our heart. Is your heart open? Is your heart clean? Is your heart ready to receive what God has for you? The A is your abilities. That's kind of different from your gifts. Your abilities are things that you sharpen as you um, go through and, and get better at things. Those abilities, you know what your abilities are. Your gifts may be totally something else, but they do coordinate together. P is for personality. We all have different personalities. Um, it's just a neat thing when you talk to others and you think, well, look, that's just so neat how calm they are all the time. And look how much they get done. Because that's the exact opposite of me. I'm always, I, I, I'm stunned. I, my mode is stunned all the time. So I stay on 10, you know, and then when I crash, I crash. Is there anybody like that in here? I mean, you know, it's like, let's go, go, go. So our personalities play into part of how we develop our, our spiritual muscle memory. And last of all, the E is for our experiences. Well, we're old enough to have a lot of experiences, which is why it's so neat in our age, because we have the time to pour into younger people, to our families, to others we don't know, to serve, to take the meal, to go see the person, to send the card, all of that. You guys do that so beautifully. And keeping our eyes on Christ will show us how, who, when, and where to serve. Jesus is the big picture. David Jeremiah says, the fact is that it takes a lifetime to grow in Christ as we should. Maturity is cumulative. And the older we become, the more usable we are in God's hands. It takes years to develop wisdom, love, patience, kindness, and all the fruit of the spirit. It takes decades to experience the joys of integrating scripture into the ups and downs of life. In fact, it is possible to be more useful to the Lord in maturity than we ever have been before. Yay, right? We can pray more effectively. We can teach with greater wisdom. We can mentor with more integrity. We can also find new ways to serve the Lord, whether it's rocking babies in the nursery or serving as an usher at church. We can comfort others with the comfort we've received over the years and support the Lord's work with our accumulated means. Without a doubt, 
Oldies but goodies have a role to play in the church. It is a privilege to be a classic for God. Amen. Amen. It's a privilege to be a classic for God. And fun. So I want us all, I mean, this is for me too. It's like we need to keep motivated. We need to keep moving. We need to keep serving. We need to keep encouraging one another. And then find something every day to do to serve others. It gets so simple now. These ministries that we have at the church, Art and I love to serve at Family Promise. It's a great way to plug in. There's another ministry we help called the Table on Delk that serves people in that corridor that are uh, uh, exploited, sexually exploited or, or in a way that they could be. We love, so it's easy. It's just easy to find a place to serve, but it's better for us than it is for them, y'all, right? So it's good to be a classic. Are y'all a classic? Y'all are classics. Y'all are uh, oldies but goodies. <laughs> I, and I put myself in that same okay real quick I'm just going to do a little a little sing-along since we're we're doing talking about classics all these baguettes uh, and we're going to do some hand motions because I wake y'all up <laughs> all right oh when the saints go do this oh when the saints go marching in march oh when the saints go marching in oh lord I want to be in that number when the saints Go marching in. All right, you're on your own. <laughs> oh, no, wrong key. Oh, when, oh, yeah, that's a good key. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, when the saints go marching in. president could you come up and just have a little word of prayer and ask god to bless what we've heard to internalize it into our hearts and then to take it outside the walls of the church thank you sir thank you so much cheryl for that wonderful presentation let us bow our heads in prayer our father please help us to internalize all of the wonderful lessons we had during the presentation and uh, be able to take it out in the community and make a difference. And our Father, we ask, um, we ask today for your blessings also for all the people in Florida who have been suffering from the devastation of the hurricane uh, and that hit down there many people our age who have retired and lost their homes and um, we ask that you uh, take care of them and uh, do your very best to help them on their way uh, in your son's Jesus name amen, amen. hello hello Mike oh my god hello hello is this the youth group oh it is the youth group hello youth group well, yeah, well, I think we've seen you before, but I, I we don't recognize well, you. Do you want to say a few words? I, I might want to. Sit okay. down, Sonny boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you all are, wow. You guys are the youth group. I heard there was a 
clipboard class in here somehow <laughs> under construction with clipboards. I, I, I really don't know, but I, I'm glad to see you. I heard my name mentioned earlier in the lesson with that really young girl you had speaking today. Uh, you mentioned Sarah and Abraham. Here I am. <laughs> I tell you, it's good to see you people. I thought I might tell you a little bit about my story from my perspective, because you see, you know, God early on promised Abraham and me that we would, you can really sit down if you want to. <laughs> It'll be a minute. God kept promising Abraham and me that we would have a son. And so we tried and tried and tried and tried. That part wasn't so bad. <laughs> but no child. So I did what was usual in my age. If you couldn't have a baby, you got somebody else to have it for you. So I had my servant Hagar lay with my husband Abraham. And when you know it, bada bing, bada boom, they have a child. That child drove me crazy. So Abraham sent them away. But God still kept promising Abraham and me that we would have a son. And so finally, I laughed as one would do it a joke. What, Lord, after I'm worn out and my master is home, you would let us have this divine pleasure? He said, Sarah, why are you laughing? I said, I, I wasn't laughing, Lord. I was merely amused. Never lie to the Lord. He gets very testy. <laughs> he said, is anything too impossible for the Lord? And I said, no, Lord. And you know, he did bless Abraham and me with a son. And we called him Isaac. His name means laughter. So when you think that you're too old or you're too worn out, I want you to look at my life because God proved himself faithful on my behalf. And if you've got a pulse, you got a purpose. And you are never too old to be used by God. Things haven't changed much in 2,000 years for a lady who's long in the tooth. It's not in my nature to groan and complain, but youth is still wasted on youth. Thank goodness one's age is no measuring rod to get heaven to give a good woman the nod. I'm history, I'm old hat, but I'm here to say God never throws a good relic away. surprise 
to be pregnant at 90, give birth, and survive? I labored. I screamed at the top of my lungs. The work of the Lord isn't just for the young. You're never too old to be used by God. You're never over the hill. You needn't worry when you're on a beat that your contribution is nil. So when you reach the age where one foot's in the grave, there's life left in that wrinkled bod. Ho, ho, for I am the proof. Yes, I tell you the truth. You're never too old to be used by God. Ho, ho. I am the champion of the geriatric cause. Proving me that there is life after Senior, thank you so much. If you, if you see the younger Cheryl, will you tell her we want to thank her? I'll send her back. Okay. Oy vey, oy vey. Okay. You need help with that door? Okay. What? What? What a wonderful presentation! You meet first time Garland and I have seen this. So what? Thank you.